Hi, welcome to What Happens to Us, the podcast where we discuss death and dying and anything and everything that goes along with it. I am your host, Devin Snyder. Please bear with me as I'm recording in an echo chamber of an empty house. Uh, Oddly enough, it's the quietest place I have to record at the moment. So until I get a better setup, you're just going to have to deal with it, and so am I. Um, A little background on myself. I am the daughter of a funeral director. I've been surrounded by death ever since I was a small child. I always knew it as a fact of life, uh, but it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized that A, people don't talk about it the way that I am used to in a fairly like matter-of-fact matter, and two, I had a realization that I don't think I'm as comfortable with the fact that we all die uh, as I thought I was. Thus, a blog that I started many moons ago turned podcast, so here we are. Thank you for joining me. Title It Happens to Us comes from a documentary titled One More Time with Feeling. Uh, It is about the recording of Nick Cave's album, skeleton tree where he explores the death of his son sudden death of his son um and in the documentary he talks about sure yeah death happened to him but like it also happened to the rest of us who are left here without him um and that was a concept that I never thought about so it's kind of a double-edged sword of yeah we all die but we also all experience losing somebody on some level and that was another thing that I wanted to tackle. Um, Also something that I grapple with from day to day is the fact that we don't really know what happens after we die. So in this podcast where I help that or I hope that it will help you listeners uh, wherever you may be you know cope with whether it's the idea of losing somebody or the idea that we are all going to die ourselves. Um, I hope that this can be a space where we can explore all of those facets together and hopefully feel a little better about the fact that it happens to us. In this first episode, I talked to my dear friend Raven. Raven uh, was one of the first friends I made when I moved to Nashville about a year ago. She and I instantly bonded over our love of hanging out in cemeteries, Um, so I knew that she was somebody that I needed to definitely talk to for my podcast. Um, Raven and I discuss an array of topics that we will cover, including how she was raised Jehovah Witness, um, her views on the afterlife and how they've changed from what she was raised to believe. We also discuss three deaths that she experienced in her life that all affected her different ways. And we also talk about kind of what she wants done with her body after she dies. Um, As a warning to our listeners, uh, we do obviously discuss death in this episode. So if that's something you're not comfortable with, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. We also discuss suicide. So just as a warning, that is included in here. Uh, But without further ado, here is my conversation with Miss Raven. Oh, it's going. Oh, God. Wow, this is exciting. This is so 
It's going to be echoey, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, thank you for doing this. Of course. Happy You're so to pretty. Be here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, I guess we could just jump right in. Um, I feel so weird because I haven't done this in so long, but it's exciting. Um, so I have, like, four basic questions. Okay. But then... Obviously, like, conversation. I talk a lot. It'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, so my first thing that I like to ask everybody... Oh, also, you know this podcast is about death, right? I do, yeah. (laughs) I'm just like... I was like, wait, I want to make sure she... Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Okay, so when was, like, your first memory of learning that, like, people die? See, I feel like it wasn't, like, people die for me. Mm-hmm. It was, like, animals die. Because I had guinea pigs growing up. Cute. Like, a lot of guinea pigs. Yeah. Had, like, four or so. And they all died. And that was, like, fine. But I was like, man, this is crazy. How long do guinea pigs live? <laughs> like, three to four years. Oh, wow. Like, max. Yeah. Um, pretty sad. Anyway. But I think, like, my first experience with, like, actual human death that I remember. Because, like, you know when you're younger. Maybe not for you because your dad, you know. But, like, when you're younger and, like, your parents take you to, like, a family funeral. Yes. But, like, you don't really know the person. So you're just, like, sitting there. Right. Like, in the church just, like. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't really know. Yeah. So I feel like um, I had, like, a great uncle who died. And it was, like, open casket. Oh, wow. I think I was, like, eight. Maybe seven or eight. Yeah. And I remember, like, doing, like, the rounds. And I just walked up there and just looked at him. And I was like, huh. And I just <laughs> went and sat back down. Because <laughs> I didn't know him. It was just like, okay, yeah. that's. All right. Did were you like aware that this person was alive, but now they're just like, yeah. Okay. I remember my dad being like, "Yeah, uncle." I don't even know his name anymore. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, he died." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Because like I didn't know him. I was like, "Oh, that's sad." I'm sorry, dad. My dad was like, "Yeah," and like we went and it was open casket, and I was like, "Huh?" Because like that kind of freaks me out a little bit. But yeah. then when I got up there and looked at him, I was like, "Oh." Oh, okay. That's fine. (laughs) I think the weirdest part about open casket, and like, again, I've grown up around it, but even still, like, to this day, it's just the fact that, like, it's just this shell of a human. Like, it's not them anymore. Why are we looking at them? Yeah, like, they're not there anymore. Yeah, it's it's literally just, like, their their avatar. Just, like, like, laying there. It's insane. Um, and I was thinking recently about, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. And this has like nothing to do with that, but kind of, but how, when, when you die, a body weighs like X amount of like ounces less because their soul leaves their body. What? So it's like slight scientific proof. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that That stresses up. me out. <laughs> yeah, and I have to question so everything. Like, literally part of you is gone. Yeah. Um, did your parents like explain to you what death is at all? See, no, I like grew up very like just like self-sufficient. I don't think my parents, not that they didn't teach me anything, like they obviously (laughs) taught me things, but like the big things, I feel Mm -hmm. like I kind of just knew or found out because I had two older brothers. So like if I had questions, I was more like likely to ask them than anything. Mm -hmm. But I think with death, Okay, I just figured it out. It just hit me. This is why I know what death is. My dad's obsessed with Law & Order SVU. Oh my god! And I mean obsessed. Like, his ringtone was the dun-dun. Yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah, like, obsessed. I grew up around true crime. There was this mm. channel on TV called uh, Court TV that we used to watch mm. all the time. And then that later changed to, like, um, the ID channel. Oh, yeah. With, like, all... I used to watch Cold Case Files, like, as a kid. Oh like, I'm god. talking... I used to watch this one. Um, yeah, Cold Case, like, Deadly Women, like... 
those kind of things. That's I, incredible. And I think that's probably why I wasn't super affected by death because yeah. I kind of just knew what it was because my dad loves true crime. Yeah. yeah. And you knew that it wasn't like the most, well, not the most brutal, but, but like, like, it's not like, oh, it's not like a graceful, yeah. Yeah. No, like, like they, they, they were, were bludgeoned to death. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, cool. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. It has, it's like good um, and bad because it kind of like desensitized me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. And then also like as a kid, like I had like a ton of unsupervised internet access. So there were like a lot of websites where you could like watch people die. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like I wasn't like typing and watching people die, but like my friends would like send me links, and I'd be like, "Oh, what's this?" And I'd be like, "Okay." Oh no! Yeah, like yeah, like cartel stuff, like that kind of thing. Yeah, so I knew what death was. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I see. The internet was like fairly new enough. When I was growing up that, I don't know, maybe I'm naive to even think that that exists on the internet. I mean, of course it does. Yeah. That's crazy. But, like, I grew up, like, this is, like, 2010 to, like, 2013. Yeah. So, like, prime internet time. I was very online as a kid. Like, I feel like the only access I had was, like, time limits. Like, my parents would, like, set, like, oh, time yeah. limits. But, like, I would still be on there doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can only watch people die for <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, and I wanted to be um, a medical examiner for a while. Wow. Yeah, as a kid. I, and I remember being, like, career day, I would be like, they'd be like, what do you want to be? And I'd be like, I want to be the person who, like, examines the dead bodies after they die. And they'd be like, all right. <laughs> Because I watch those crime shows, right. and, like, that, the medical examiner is always, like, the quirky, like... They're always the cool ones. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. quirky, and they're, like, super into their work, and I don't know. I was just, like, man, they're, like, helping people find out why their loved one isn't here anymore, and I was, yeah. like, that's neat. And then, that's like, cool. two years went by, and I didn't care anymore, but... <laughs> yeah, that was what I wanted to Oh, my gosh, I've never thought about it that way. Obviously, with, like, funeral directors, mm-hmm. I think, like, oh, they're helping the family. Mm-hmm like, through this time, but, yeah, medical examiners do that, too. It's just, like, a much more clinical, like, kind of creepier, I guess, like, way to go about it. Only, like, see, that's the thing. People think it's creepy, but it's also just, like... They're dead. They're dead. Somebody (laughs) has to do it. Yeah, like, like, they're dead. This happens. It's over. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I can imagine little you just being, like... I was a a weird, creepy kid. Love that. (laughs) I kind of was, too. You had no choice. I know, I was kind of forced into it. Um, My friends growing up would call my dad's van the death van, and that was just like what it was known as. And I'm like, oh, you get a bit. And they thought it was really cool. Like, you're getting picked up in the death van. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I mean, I am. I don't know what to do about it. Um, Yeah, oh my gosh, that's so funny. So I feel like we had similar, similar views growing yeah. up on death um what do you think happens when we die see this is one that's i wish okay this is something about me like whenever i don't know things i'm just like okay with it oh. um and i feel like i was raised like pretty religious mm-hmm. and it was like very much like you die but like different religious like Jehovah's witness religious so like not like everyone goes to heaven and then like some people go to hell or whatever mm-hmm. it was like you die and then like God comes and, like, wipes out, like, all the bad stuff on the earth. And then, like, there's, like, a paradise earth and there's people that go to heaven, right? Um, I didn't believe any of that, so (laughs) I still don't. So, for me, I have no idea what happens. Um, I feel like the most appealing answer, to me at least, um, would probably be reincarnation. Mm -hmm. 
However, I don't know if I actually believe that. I feel like it's just nothingness. But at the same time, things like the world is just weird, you know, like the way the universe works is just so complex and strange mm-hmm. that I'm like, surely they've mixed something up. Surely something's going on because, <laughs> because there are so many things that we just don't know about. And there's like, not to be that guy, but there's like those shows on, um, or like even on like YouTube or like Netflix of people like with their near death experiences mm-hmm. and they'll like certain aspects will like match up with other people. And then I start thinking and I'm like, well, how much is that cultural? Like the stories that we have, like how much does that influence what they're near that experience is like? But then I'm like, don't think too hard about it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's probably honestly, like my, my honest answer is I feel like you just die and you're just dead, which does comfort me weirdly more than reincarnation would i think because to me like reincarnation like what if i just want to like hang out and like chill like what if like, yeah. you know what i mean like what if i just want to die and just rest yeah and you like just are born again you're like oh come on <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah. I, I i i do like the idea of reincarnation just because of the way like karma comes into a play with it mm-hmm. and i feel like karma is a much more interesting view of like morality than um the christian beliefs that i was raised with at least Mm -hmm. just because i don't know i i feel like karma is more of like a your past life did this really bad things and now you have to live with it and like you can't repeat this don't please god don't repeat this yeah whereas i feel like what i grew up with was like this like this over like looming like dread of like if you mess up (laughs) you are burning in hell (laughs) or well we didn't believe in hell but you know what I mean and it's just I don't know I feel like with me and the kind of the way that I view like my personal beliefs it's just like whatever I just feel like is more funky and fresh at the time (laughs) and like (laughs) and I think that's because I'm just so okay with like not knowing yeah just because like I feel like you know maybe I just don't need to know you know, like, because maybe if I knew it would, like, completely change the way I see the world, and I'm very selfish, and, like, I don't want to, like, have to change the way I act or do anything, <laughs> so, like, so I just want to, like, hang out, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, it's funny you bring up, like, uh, the heaven and hell thing. Mm-hmm. I've been reading about this Lil Nas X video, <laughs> and how, like, Lil Nas! how everybody's real, I haven't actually watched it yet, oh, but it's everybody's so, good. so upset yeah. about it, and, like, hell, and but then I'm reading all these tweets about like, yeah, but then you have like Christianity that puts like it almost is scarring yeah, for kids genuinely. growing up. And I totally get that. Like, as an already anxious person, the yeah. fact that like I'm gonna die and I can possibly go to this really, really bad place, like Come that on. it doesn't even like it almost doesn't feel like you have the choice to be genuine yeah. in like acting no free will good or bad. Just, yeah yeah it's just like oh well I better be good or else like this yeah. bad thing is and I bad. mean I grew up as like a queer kid like going to like meetings like with the congregation and it was just like and we didn't believe in hell necessarily but it's pretty much like you're just gonna die which is like what I believe now like that we're just gonna die but like as a kid I was like dang that sucks <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh man um yeah. That's rough, but like, yeah, the Lil Nas X thing is pretty interesting because it's very much like this very clear dichotomy of like um, symbolism versus like what people. Because there's like a very like Christianity is interesting because it's like some Christians will view it as like symbolic, you know, mm-hmm. like they'll view like the devil as like the symbolic figure, not mm-hmm. like as an actual like 
God too, but right. like bad version, <laughs> like God gone bad. Yeah. But then there are Christians who view, yeah, you know what I mean. But then there are Christians who view it as like God gone bad, and yeah. like if you do something bad, like mm-hmm. it's over for you. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting watching like people talk about like what happens after you die from those two different like places. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's something that we'll just always want to know the answer to. But I feel like I've kind of just made my peace with it, just like. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to change anything about myself to make it better for me. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's so interesting because as an anxious person, I'm like, but I need to know. And that's a big part of why I've started the podcast mm. is just to, like, hear different people's views. Because mm-hmm. um, even though I've grown up around death, it's still, like, terrifying yeah, to yeah. me to know that's going to happen. Um, and I like have to know like mm-hmm. for certain what's going to happen after. Um, You're like, I can't take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's, it's interesting to me as a, a fellow anxious person yeah, I that you're know. like fine with it. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to, like, ask me this later, but I feel like the reason is probably because, which might actually just be backwards, one of my best friends died when I was, like, 16, and, yeah, and, like, it sucked, obviously, but, like, it was kind of just, like, it, like, hits you, and it's, like, this weird, like, numb acceptance of it, Mm -hmm. and when I, when he died, like, I was still um, living with my parents, like, I was still going to their church and stuff, and he was Mm -hmm. part of that church, and, like, everyone around me was, like, well, he'll be in paradise. He'll be in paradise. But I didn't believe in you. So it meant nothing to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, he's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's just gone, I guess. I mean, there were, like, people telling me because I was very much, like, not into the religion. Like, well, I guess you'll never see him again, you know? Like, oh, wow. Which is pretty messed up to tell a 16-year-old. But yeah. I was also like, no, like, you're, act- you're right. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it just kind of, like, set in. And it kind of um, just... Yeah, it was, like, this numb acceptance of, like, this person is dead. Um, Worst case scenario, you'll never see him again. So let's just make that the baseline so that you're ready for anything that could happen, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably why I'm like this. (laughs) Because I was just kind of like, well... sounds like a very negative viewpoint mm-hmm. but at the same time it's actually i think the more positive way yeah. to view it of like well, it can only get better, better from there yeah. yeah like i guess i'll just you know yeah yeah um that's funny it reminds me of one of the songs of phoebe bridger's new album and she's talking about like well if standing out and like protesting religion mm-hmm. on the street corner is gonna make me see you again then like i'll do it i guess i gotta do it yeah, yeah. But, um yeah, okay, so that was another question of mine, is have you had, like, a death that's, well, you answered already, mm-hmm. but that kind of, like, really, really affected you? Yeah, that's going to be uh, the one that really, really affected me, like, from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. like, because I remember we had just hung out, like, the week before, um, he had a motorcycle, which is how he died. But I remember we went to Waffle House and there's a picture of me like flicking him off like while he's on his motorcycle. And then he like went to North Carolina for like a trip or something and he was driving back. And then I got this call in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, okay, that's not real. And it was a really big hit because he was friends with my family and like everyone I knew. So it was like, okay, like this is actually happening because if it was just like a you like one person that I was friends with, then it wouldn't feel as real, Right. I feel like. Um, 
like friends with, I mean everyone, like friendliest guy in the world. And yeah. I was at my cousin's house at the time. I grew up on family owned land, so my dad's house was next door. He worked with my dad. They had oh, wow. the same job and they were buddies. And I had mm. to go down there and tell my dad. And like my dad just, I was just like, I just walked in cause like I wasn't like a person. Like I was just like walking like completely numb. And I just mm -hmm. opened the door and I was like, Ryan's dead. And my dad was just like, what? And then I said it again and then my dad like just lost it and like he walked out the door and like slammed the front door so hard it broke oh, wow. and like it's I'm mean, it was broken until like a couple years ago still wow. and this happened about six years ago <clears throat> and then we had to tell my uncle my aunt we had to call everyone because we had just gone on a beach trip like a month oh. before mm -hmm. we had to call everyone people thought we were lying they were pissed at us like because mm. we were like the first people to know besides this family mm -hmm. And they were like, why would you make that up? Why would you make that up? He's fine. He's fine. And every, like, people were like screaming at us, like so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like this 16 year old kid. Like, I promise I wouldn't lie about this. Yeah. People were like coming to the house, like collapsing in the driveway, like wow. um, sobbing, crying. Um, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it set off a lot of, a lot of like very specific tensions in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, because he had like just uh, broken up with one of his girlfriends and then handsome guys like lots of girls liked him and it was just like man I it's I feel like the worst part about it is just like would he have still been my friend because he was like part of that religion and I was very much removed from it but couldn't actually be removed from it because mm -hmm. I was 16 mm -hmm. so I'm like dang if he like knew me now like would we still be friends yeah and I feel like that's something that kind of kills me about it <clears throat> but also I just mostly just feel really lucky to know him yeah and we didn't even really know each other for like an insane amount of time we knew each other for like a year and just like clicked and like hung out constantly so yeah <laughs> he died when he was like 19 wow yeah so that's like just young young to yeah. go and yeah. um so yeah that's like the one that affected me like personally mm -hmm. I'd say but then there was like Sometimes, okay, as much as I don't, like, really believe in supernatural things, sometimes things happen to me, or, like, I'll get, like, I'll have a dream, or, like, I'll have, like, a thought, where I'm, like, well, I'm gonna do this just in case, right? Yeah. Like, I'll be, like, just in case, and this is one of those times. Buckle in. So, <laughs> um, me and my cousin, McKenna, love that girl, we basically were just, Hi, we basically, yeah, we were, like, sisters, grew up together, um, lived right next to each other, I was constantly at her house, basically lived there, we were super tired, I don't even remember what we did, I think we were just, like, up really late the day before, and we were, like, we're going to bed, we're, like, putting our phones on, do not disturb, like, do not talk to me, and I was, like, let me just put it on do not disturb, but, like, allow phone calls, just in case, and our friend calls us, and I'm like, girl, it is 2 a.m. She's like, my dad died. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shucks. <laughs> and, like, and like, there's, like, this extra awkwardness that comes with, like, comforting someone already. Mm -hmm. Like, if your friend's crying in front of you and you're like, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. are you okay? But then, like, her literal father is dead, and that's, like pretty big yeah so um we drive to he was like in an assistant living facility because he was having some heart issues mm -hmm. we drive there and um the mood's just bad obviously but like 
elders from the congregation are there and they're like already talking about funeral plans this man's like freshly dead wow and it was just like awkward and like my friend was there and she could obviously hear them talking about like burying her father and he died like 15 minutes before Mm -hmm. and it was just this like very bleak moment Mm -hmm. um and it was just i've just i don't know like and i have one more for this and i'm so sorry but oh my gosh no. but yeah like that one was affected me a lot because i kind of got to see it because it was in an assistant living facility so it wasn't like like with my friend he died like on the road mm-hmm. right and then he like went to the hospital and died there and then they like brought his body back and cremated him whatever but like he died like in a facility and like there's just like but like and it really like life was just still going on for mm-hmm. everyone else in the facility like they were like walking there their scrubs on they were just like walking room to room and doing their job yeah and like we're like yeah. sitting in this like waiting room just devastated mm-hmm. and that was like a really interesting like juxtaposition to see yeah um the last one that I feel like I kind of blocked out just because it it just like it my uncle died um and I'm not super close to any of my family. And the reason I feel like I blocked this one out so much is because my mom has two brothers. Um, she's closest to him. It is my uncle Carlos. And he died in, I think, 2018, 2019, 2018. And like I said, I'm not really close to my family. Mm-hmm. So um, he would like text me. And I would just, like, not respond. Mm-hmm. Or I would, like, respond super late. Mm-hmm. and Because, like, I was just like, whatever. Like, I don't really know you that well. You yeah. Know? Um, like, love you. But, like, don't really know you. Um, and I would just, like, not respond. And I remember he died. And I was like, oh, dang. And I expected it, I guess, kind of to be, like, it was when other family members died. Like, distant relatives. And you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, like, that sucks. But, you know. But it, like, wasn't because it was my mom's brother. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, this is bad. And I feel like this one hit me almost as hard as my friend dying. Oh, wow. Just because, like, seeing my mom, like, sob like that mm-hmm. and, like, thinking about my own brothers mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. and then thinking about how I just, like, didn't make any effort at all to talk to my uncle, mm-hmm. like, even a little bit. And it didn't hit me until I was at the funeral, standing there with, like, all my family. And, like, they were, like, showing pictures of him Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I was just like, oh, he's, like, dead. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom lost her brother that she grew up with. Like, he's gone forever. And it was just, like, this overwhelming, like, feeling came over me. And I just, like, started sobbing. And it was, like, a combination of so many things. Like, I didn't expect it to mess me up that bad. But I think this was one of those, like, very, like, interesting ones because I regretted, like, not talking to him. Mm -hmm. But then also seeing, like, your mommy, like, that sad is, like, devastating. And then, then, like, my dad, because my parents are divorced, so, like, seeing, like, my dad's relatives, like, call my mom because Mm -hmm. she knew how much she loved her brother. Mm -hmm. And, like, them being, like, she loved him so much and now he's gone and it was just like yeah it was really really sad um so i'd say those three were the wildest of my life but like the first and the last one really uh shook me yeah like quite a bit i think the last one shook me more from just like a observing standpoint just Mm -hmm. because like 
it's just unreal um, to like, because like you're like, oh, my parents are like superheroes, like they're super right. strong, like whatever. Yeah. But, like, have you ever seen like your like my dad like broke down and Ryan died like on the ground like sobbing like mm-hmm. you're not supposed to see that right. <laughs> you're not supposed to see your parents do that yeah. um, my mom's sobbing like to the point of almost like vomiting mm-hmm. my grandmother sobbing like my sweet sweet grandmother mm-hmm. lost her son and my aunt sobbing and my uncle sobbing and my brothers and like it was just it was just so surreal and like a really strange like parting of the veil of like mm-hmm the way that like adults are people right (laughs) yeah like adults are like actual people with like feelings and like Mm -hmm. obviously I knew that but you don't really see it right as often yeah and that was insane to me yeah Yeah. that is that is crazy um because people are just people even our parents Mm -hmm. and when you grow up and you realize that and then also think like they're gonna die someday too and then you're like dang now I have to deal with it Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah um what helped you like through the grieving process I think for me like more than anything it was kind of just like it was really bad for a long time like when my friend died like I have journal entries and stuff and I would literally when he died like called him like 30 times I sent him like 50 text messages because I was like chill out dude like come on like you know wasn't kidding um I like wrote all these letters and like and I was just like so devastated like I read back on those and like I'm in the interest I'm just like I will never ever get over this like this is going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me Mm -hmm. until something worse happens yeah (laughs) forever and I feel like what really helped me was kind of just like the fact that he knew so many people that I knew mm-hmm. and that we could all just kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely isolated myself quite a bit, um, not from McKenna because we're obsessed with each other, but like from like um, other people. And I feel like it kind of gave me the push I need, like seeing my friend die so young to kind of remove myself from that community mm-hmm. where I felt like it was kind of damaging to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what helped me the most was honestly just being completely honest with myself that like, I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing and that it could happen at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, And mostly just time, mostly just like crying a bunch, (laughs) like a ton, um, feeling sorry for myself. I ended up feeling, I started to feel guilty. Like whenever I didn't think about him that day, like I would Mm -hmm. like, cause I usually would like wake up with him on my mind. Yeah. And like, as time went on, I would like, think about it less and I would feel bad for not like grieving him every single day Mm -hmm. in the same way and that was like that's a strange feeling to have like oh I'm getting better this is terrible yeah (laughs) so I because there's like that finality in okay I took like this amount of time to (laughs) grieve and obviously like I'm getting through it and I'm getting better which is good but also but then you feel bad about it because you're like, I feel like that's when it really sinks in. Too. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, dang. This is life now. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. And I, I think mostly, like, more than anything, it was just lots and lots and lots of time. Because I, like, when something like that happens, you're obviously just like, this is it. <laughs> I can't get much worse than this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, 
okay, it's not like this, but like it kind of is. Kind of like like whenever your heart's broken mm-hmm. and you're like, this is the worst pain I've ever felt and I am going to feel like this for the rest of my life forever. This mm-hmm. is it. And, yeah. and like you recognize in that moment you're being like a little dramatic, but like also <laughs> it's like what you feel. Yeah. And I think, um, I remember like telling myself, well, Raven, let's think about this. Like probably like most of the people that you see in your day-to-day life, like your barista, the person like at the gas station, the person walking their da- dog have probably had someone die and they're doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> like they're still in the world doing their job, mm-hmm. walking around, eating, breathing. Mm-hmm. Like they're alive, you know? And like that's yeah. kind of like a, like a comforting thought. You're never actually alone in anything that happens. Yeah. Like ever. Like death is the most common thing in the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> so when someone dies or someone passes away, it obviously feels bad, but won't feel that bad forever just because like I said it's common like like when my friend's dad died like life literally just keeps moving for everyone Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. and that was kind of just what it was yeah um well it's kind of back to what you said about your friend is you were happy that you like knew him Mm -hmm. and you'll always have those memories and that time with him which is really Cool. Yeah. yeah, it is cool because the memories are like live on forever. Yeah, the people the people doesn't the person doesn't, <laughs> but yeah. the memories are just constantly there, and that's kind of because like I can literally just think about okay, I can think about anything I want whenever I want, which is kind yeah. of insane. Um, so I could like be I could be like sitting and just be like, oh, remember when Ryan blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and it's just in my head. Yeah, I'm thinking about my friend, and yeah. it's like great, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in that sense, they're still alive. Yeah, they yeah. are, and it, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, and like whenever I see a motorcycle, I think about them, mm-hmm. and I want one so bad. Ah! And I'm like, want one so bad, and like I think about him because I'm like, man, he would think that was so cool. But then I think about him like, well, he did die on one, and I'm like, there's like that high and low. Yeah. of like well maybe I should get one anyway right. <laughs> you know and like it's yeah you I can't stop myself from thinking about him and like I love him so much and mm-hmm. I do feel just incredibly lucky like literally nicest smartest guy in the world mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah that's so cool yeah. um okay so does knowing that you're gonna die one day affect how you live your life at all like either on a grand scale or like a day-to-day Sometimes. Mm. <laughs> like I said, whatever feels funky and fresh at that moment. Yeah. You know, I I like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I grew up, um, I'm going to say I grew up as if this is in the past. I'm fairly mentally ill. So, like, <laughs> growing up, um, I had a few suicide attempts, like, as a teenager, like, preteen. Mm-hmm. And, like, at those times, death meant nothing to me. Death was, like, a finality. You know, like, a, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. But then things happen and I'm like, pretty cool I didn't die at 14. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, pretty yeah. cool. Um, I think it does. I think it does. I have a tattoo on my leg that says Memento Mori, mm-hmm. which is essentially remember that you will die. And I, it's not supposed to be edgy, but like, I think people look at it and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you emo. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's like a reminder. It's yeah. like, I feel like it's a good reminder because it go either way, like, I'm going to do this risky thing because, like, I'm going to die one day. Or I'm not going to do this risky thing because I could literally die. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes either way. And I think it does affect the way I live my life. Um, and I think it might be kind of a contradiction for, like, maybe my parents or something. Because they're like, well, if you know you're going to die, don't you want to, like, 
die wrapped in God's love and spend the rest of their life on paradise earth? And like, not really, no. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not really. Um, so I'm, like I said, I'm like kind of a selfish person. Not in the way that like with my friends or anything, but within like, like a nihilistic standpoint. Like I'm, I'm pretty like, I want to do what I want to do and I want to spend time doing things I want to do. Yeah. I hate working so much that I only work 30 hours a week. Nice. I'm poor. But I don't care because yeah. I don't want to spend my time working. Right. I, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Life is like both the shortest and longest thing you'll ever do. And like why would I spend all that time trying to like appease one type of person or like trying to fit into this mold that was like set out for me or like mm-hmm. be who my parents want me to be. I mean, they're proud of yeah. me. They love me, whatever. But you know what I mean? Um, and it's just... Yeah, I think I, I for a long time, because I'm an anxious person, and I've been in, like, relationships where I haven't, like, been encouraged to, like, do what I actually want. It's always mm-hmm. been like, okay, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, hope that works out. Yeah. Okay, babe. Like, yeah. are you actually going to do that? You know, like, one of those, like, very condescending, like... I've, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> one of those, like, condescending, like, oh, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure. And I've always been like, yeah, it's stupid. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like... I'm gonna like do stuff <laughs> and I do stuff Ow. and it's like fun and I I get tattoos and I get piercings and I change my appearance like every three months and I <laughs> it's just fun because the way I kind of see things now is from like this slightly removed angle of like the human body just being like your own personal like video game avatar you know what I mean? Like, you can customize it however you want. You can yeah. put it in any situation you want. It can have any relationships you want. And it's just a much more fun way to look at things. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless if it's, like, accurate to what happens after you die, I don't care about that at all. Yeah. I just care about whatever I'm telling myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's because, you know, you got to survive. Um, right. But, yeah, it definitely affects my life. It makes me want to be a better person. It makes me want to learn everything I can. It makes me want to, like, hug people tighter. Makes me yeah. like enjoy like really ordinary, mundane things. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me want to read more, eat more good food. It just, yeah, it's, yeah, the fact that I'm gonna die definitely affects me. Yeah. <laughs> um, less from like a negative standpoint. I'm not like super concerned about it. Like it would kind of bum me out. Like I feel like if I die right now, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like it is what it is. Um, I don't like, because when I was younger, like it would like agonize me. Like I would be up and be like, oh my god. I'm going to die one day. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? But now I'm yeah. just like, well, <laughs> I guess it'll happen yeah. at some point. Yeah. So I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I don't think it's selfish to do what you want to do. Yeah. I think the only, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually. Um, it's like it's other people's expectations that make you feel, feel like you're selfish. Yeah, yeah. But it's like that's you. I'm gonna do me. It's my life. Like, and it's like, not <laughs> my problem that you think I should be doing X, yeah, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, any other thoughts on like death and dying? I mean, I have so many. I I just think like. I think that the way we view death, especially in this country, is just so strange. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously it's sad. Like, no one's <laughs> saying it's not. But I remember watching this documentary, as I do, 
I'm very, very smart podcast. <laughs> um, we were watching this documentary about India, and it was a couple years ago, so I don't really remember. But like, they like dress the bodies up in like these beautiful, like ornate, like fashions, and just mm-hmm. like leave them out. Yes. And people just like walk around looking at the dead people, and it's just like fine. And I think that's so neat. Like that's yeah. such a neat way to like approach death, mm-hmm. like from like like your final. Uh, like your resting place on earth before something bigger happens or like providing offerings for the dead mm-hmm. to carry on into their next life. Like, I feel like that's so neat. I feel like in America, obviously, because like America is very like Christian, um, that like a lot of the funerals are like kind of the same. Like I've never been to a funeral where I've been like, Oh, this is kooky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just like very interested in like how other countries view death. Like, I have a friend from Korea, and, like, she was, like, in the room when her, um, when they were, like, sliding her grandfather's body into, like, the cremation mm-hmm. thing, and, like, mm-hmm. it was just what it was. Yeah. And then she just went home. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's just such, like, an accepted thing over there, and I think that the way that people celebrate death is, like, pretty cool. And I don't mean celebrate in the way, like, yeah, this person's dead, but kind of just, like, a this person's going on to bigger, better things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this person's yeah. going to be, and like, more. And you're, like, celebrating their life, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so true. I feel like the U.S. is kind of one of the only countries in the world, I'm sure, like, parts of Europe are this way, yeah. too, where they just don't... It's, like, it's this very scary thing, and nobody wants to talk about it, mm-hmm. and it's, like... Mm-hmm. It's, like, awkward. Yeah, yeah. it's so (laughs) awkward. And, yeah, funerals are all the same. And I would love for that to change. I would love, like, just, like... I want, like, a funeral that, like, shows the personality of the person who died. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be so neat. Like, if, like, a complete weirdo died. And their funeral is just, like, insane. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was was on Instagram the other day, and my friend Hannah, she posted this um, questionnaire thing on her Instagram, and it was like, I've been thinking about death a lot lately and how, like, we photograph life. Like, we photograph life, we photograph the beauty of it. When people die, there's, like, no pictures being taken. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's no pictures being taken, there's, like, rarely any smiles, like, you know what I mean? And obviously it's because we're sad. Yeah. But I think it's also just the way that, like, we're conditioned to think about death. Um, and rather like you were saying like rather than seeing it as like a celebration of someone's life it's like oh come on like this person's Mm -hmm. gone forever Mm -hmm. and I yeah I I think I just think it's really interesting how we've been like conditioned to view it I just like can't get over the I wish I knew like where in India they did that but it was just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it was on Netflix I think it was Dark Tourist or something. I'm not sure if it was. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if it was that show or a different one, but I feel like uh-huh. it was Dark Tourist because he like goes around and like yeah talks about like the morbid um, mm-hmm. touristy things in other countries. But yeah, it was just so beautiful like watching them because like you could tell they were like not like super happy that their relative was dead, but they were right. like, super happy to like take part in the tradition. Yeah, and like dress them up and put makeup yeah. on them and, and they, like <laughs> they like actually care for their dead yeah. instead of like yeah. They're at the funeral home. Yeah. They're the mortician. Like, yeah, people were like actually like in their faces, like touching mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. like pretty cool. Yeah, it's been interesting during the pandemic, the ongoing global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that will not. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has changed 
just in talking to my dad, it's changed the way people are doing funerals mm-hmm. because obviously, like, you can't have the amount of people that you right. want to have. And this is not a good thing that is happening, yeah. but more people are opting to do, like, at-home mm-hmm. viewings. So that way they can just have as many people come right. in and out as they want, which is not great for COVID, but I think on a grander scale, it's, like, opening up to, like... Like, the Irish used to just have wakes and the yeah. body would just be... In the living room, yeah. And be all getting wasted. Yeah, like, like yeah, eating, getting wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think there's a little bit of that going on now where people are kind of being forced to embrace it a little bit more because they want to, like, celebrate. They're, like, bringing it into the home, yeah. which I think yeah. is cool. Yeah, that is interesting, the way that we, like, separate death from the places that we live. Mm-hmm. Like, that is interesting. I've never thought about that. Like, never been to a home funeral in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's always, like, at a church or something. Um, hmm, that is interesting. Yeah. Because they definitely used to just have bodies, like, just chilling in the living room or, yeah. like, in front of, like, a fireplace or something. Yeah. And, like, the way that, like, in, like, the Victorian era, they would, like, photograph dead bodies mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, very interesting. We've mm-hmm. really changed. <laughs> Quite a bit. And I can't remember, there is some reason, and I've heard the story of, like, why that changed mm-hmm. and why they started taking them, like, out of the home. Part of me wants to say it was because of a disease. I mean, probably. Honestly, <laughs> like, the way things are going. Yeah. <laughs> probably because of a disease. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But yeah, I think that we all just need to like accept it more yeah. and talk about it more. And I not definitely be so think it needs to be talked about more. It's one of those things that like a lot of people get kind of like touchy about, like immediately upon bringing it up. They're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's okay, babe. <laughs> it's okay, bestie. You don't have to know. Yeah. And like, I yeah, I think it it definitely needs to be like on our minds more maybe not like all-encompassing but just we should just appreciate people a lot more Mm -hmm. even after they are gone Mm -hmm. we should really go out of our way to think about them and keep their legacy alive because it's it's so easy when someone dies to like try your best to not think about them mm-hmm. or to obsess about thinking about them to yeah. be like, well, I can't think about that because like he's not here and it's like dumb. Yeah. Like I need to get it out of my head. Well, I'm like, it's too sad. I don't want to Yeah, I don't want to, yeah. Or like this makes me anxious. I don't want to think about it. But mm-hmm. like sometimes you got to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you thought about like what you would want done with your body when you die? Yeah. So I've gone back and forth on this. Um, I, oh God, now I don't know, but I wanted to be cremated for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think now I'd like to rot, yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, um, what appeals to me, okay, here's my thing. I have to bring in like a 20 year plan for this. I want to own land someday. Yes. I like to be buried on my land. In like a wooden coffin, yeah. <laughs> and I want to like, school. yeah, I want to like, I want mushrooms all up in there, mm-hmm. and like, I, I want, yeah, I want it to be very natural, I yeah. think, which isn't like super sexy, but like, <laughs> it's still I like think it's super sexy. It's like kind of cool. What's not sexy is pumping your dead body full, full of chemicals. chemicals so yeah, can come look, look at you. you. Yeah, like it's it's over. I'm gone. Yeah, I take a lot of selfies. You can look at those. 
I would like to just like a really beautiful wooden coffin. Um, maybe like something engraving on there. Yeah, you know, a little something. Um, I'm gonna be buried on my land. Um, hopefully out west somewhere by then. And I want like, yeah, I just want it to be like normal. I want um, things to grow from me to like nurture the earth, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I want, yeah, I just want it to be as true to life as possible, <laughs> as like natural as humanly possible. And, yeah. and, and on the very believable case, like I'm on land, I <laughs> would just like to be buried in a wedding coffin. I don't really want to be embalmed with mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just let me go. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to be kept alive. Like, I don't want to just like look like, I don't want people to just, like, want me to, like, look beautiful. Or, like, stare at me. Right. Like, that's, like, kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like dead me would be, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I just kind of want to, kind of want to just go out, you yeah. know? Become the earth. Yeah. Reduce, reuse, recycle. What about you, Devin? Oh, that's for another day. <laughs> um, Devin's like, I'm going to be burned on a boat. <laughs> Like a Viking. Like a Viking. Yeah. Sick. Um, and for your funeral, do you want people to just like have a, a big raven party? See, as a narcissist, <laughs> just kidding. I, yeah, I kind of just, I think for a funeral, I would just want people to like remember me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, obviously, like, I would be kind of annoyed if like no one cried, but. <laughs> it's like, it's okay if you cry, but like, I don't want people to be too sad I'm gone, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I feel like I'm, I'm quite the presence, whether I want to be or not, you so are, I yeah. feel like people, I'm, I'm there, <laughs> you know what I mean, I just want people to be happy that they knew me, I don't want anyone to be sad, like that makes me sad to think about that like people would be sad that I'm gone, um, but yeah, I kind of just want people to like tell stories, mm -hmm. and like have a good time and eat a lot of food because I love to eat and I I, I just yeah share photos like embarrassing ones and like laughs yeah take some tequila shots or something <laughs> yes yeah I kind of just want people to um I would like oh you know be sick okay I would like I don't really want my funeral to be like in like this like awkward like sterile building I think mm -hmm. it'd be cool like either like at home or like in the woods somewhere yeah <laughs> something like creepy <laughs> like like something like a woodland fairy would do yeah just like somewhere beautiful that feels very me mm -hmm. because like I feel like I'm not like a very like convention center person like I don't really want it to be like in like a random clubhouse somewhere right. you know what I mean yeah I want everyone to be very comfortable I don't want anyone to like dress up all fancy or anything you can wear whatever color you want I don't care mm -hmm. um just want to be me yeah and I like you know if you visit my grave maybe like have a picnic with me or something yeah you know? don't just like cry there <laughs> like hang out yeah. yeah that's kind of what I'd want I think. yeah that's what I would want yeah oh my god I love that well, yeah, that's all I have. Unless you have anything else. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I love Yay. I love talking. <laughs> Yay, I'm so happy. Um, cool. Well, let's see if I can figure out how to turn this puppy off. Oh, just, it's, been... it's just recording for 50 hours. 40, yeah. I know, I have 49 more hours. 
No, that was 47 minutes. That was good. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Raven. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, This is a little section I want to do post-interview to kind of follow up on some of the topics covered in our conversation, Um, deciding what to call this part of the podcast, but a title will come someday. Um, So just to jump right in, uh, Raven and I kind of talk about Um, the idea of your soul leaving your body after you die and how some experiments had been done. Your body weighs 21 grams less after death. Um, After doing a little bit of research, uh, this comes from uh, an experiment conducted in the early 20th century by Dr. Duncan McDougall. His theory was that our soul leaves our body, again, weighs 21 grams less when we die, Uh, But according to Snopes, the experiment was incredibly flawed and didn't really have any credibility. Um, So, sorry, Duncan. I don't don't know that that's a thing. Um, (laughs) Moving on, Raven discusses being raged Jehovah Witness. uh, And I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more depth about what they believe um, happens after we die. So there are three forms of afterlife in Jehovah's Witness uh, theology. First is heaven, which is the little flock, a.k.a. the true children of God. And this is the idea that 144,000 people will get into paradise earth um, and that they are pre-selected. Uh, the second would be the great crowd, and those are all the people who were baptized believers. They will serve the little flock, um, which was the 144,000. And then lastly, were the non-existent, uh, which is made up of non-believers who just don't exist in any way, shape, or form after they die. Um, so they, again, don't really have a belief in hell. Um, moving on, Raven and I talk about the Lil Nas X video controversy. If you were at all interested in looking that up, I couldn't remember the song title for the video, uh, but it is the video for his song Montero. Um, it's an interesting, interesting dive into the belief of religion and homosexuality and the idea of the afterlife and who can and can't go. It's kind of his, uh his reaction to that. Um, So if you're at all interested in that, go ahead and check it out. Uh, I also reference a Phoebe Bridgers song. Um, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the title. Um, It is Chinese Satellite. It's an excellent song. I highly recommend it. Raven mentions a documentary she saw where she believed it was India where they dress up the dead. Um, I looked it up. It was indeed an episode of Dark Tourist. Um, it's episode six on ne- of Dark Tourist on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, but it's where the host, David Ferrier, actually travels to Indonesia. And the tradition is they dig up their dead every three years, clean them, dress them, give them offerings as a sign of love and respect. It's really beautiful. Um, I recommend that show in general, uh, but it's a really cool episode if you want to check that out. Um, Let's see. Oh, I also, Raven and I talk about when funerals were moved from inside the home to outside funeral homes, um, churches, etc. 
according to an article for funeralhomealliance.com, um, it's titled From Family Traditions and Back Again. Uh, funerals started being held outside the family home around the 1930s when undertakers wanted to market themselves as a part of the professional working class. They also saw themselves as being guardians of public health, stating that every body poses a risk to public health and that highly specialized care is required. And that is when funerals started being taken out of the home more regularly and turned into what we know the funeral industry being what it is today. Uh, Raven does discuss having multiple suicide attempts as a teenager. If this is something that you are struggling with or somebody something that somebody you know is struggling with, I did want to include the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, if that's something that you struggle with, do reach out to somebody. There's always someone. It will get better. Um, yeah, I just wanted to leave that resource there for you as well. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to my first episode of It Happens to Us. Um, again, the very DIY podcast. I hope you stick with me. I hope that we can all learn and become more at peace with the idea that we're all going to die or that we do lose those we love in our lifetime. Um, Yeah, thanks so much. Alrighty, bye.